She's Amy Oust. He's Scotty Kipfer. Welcome to a very special episode of the show. Yes, in season three, we are going to be introducing you to uh, some brand new people. Yeah, some independent artists, maybe some people that you've never heard of yet, but we know that you're going to love them. These are the bubbling under. They're the people that have been working hard behind the scenes to create some great music and just haven't quite cracked that radio bubble yet. So, here we go. This is the Emerging Artist episode of the show. Welcome to the show. Our first guest this week talked to us from Alberta while on vacation, and she started as a solo artist, he in a band, and together moved forward as a duo. Named Cross Parallel, Jordan Prochette and Danielle Marie, welcome to the show. How have you guys been keeping busy during these past few months of self-isolation? Well, actually, we've been keeping pretty busy, surprisingly. Um, I think we kind of lucked out with getting some cool opportunities um, during the pandemic. Actually, when it started, um, we're producing for another artist right now, which is really cool and something we both totally have always wanted to do. Um, We're also working on a lot of our stuff, too, so that's keeping us really busy. And yeah, a couple, you know, there's been a couple of the live stream things going on, but obviously this year's a lot different than usual. So it's kind of forcing us to like do the, you know, writing and be more creative. Yeah, getting in the creative zone more. So we're we're having a lot of fun with that. And then producing for the other artists, that's tons of fun. We're loving that. Yeah, and we're we're working with Jordan's dad on that project too. So the other week, a couple weeks ago, we socially distanced in a studio and yeah, we, it was just nice to like kind of get back into the swing of things like in person. But for the most part, we we have a home studio and Jordan, you know, gave me my own space and he has his own space. Mm-hmm. So we haven't killed each other yet. So it's been good. I have to tell you, uh, Danielle, your space looks incredible because you had a little little mini makeover with that room. You've got that uh, really cool chair. That's your space, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a macrame chair. And I had to, like, put double blankets on it because I would, like, get up from sitting there for so long and my legs would look like. (laughs) 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 Well, you know, you know what I mean. But, yeah, it's it's my own little space. And then Jordan has his space decked out. And, yeah, we're hoping for an album from us in the fall. So we have a whole bunch of stuff we're working on. We, you know, have all these songs on the go right now. So it's exciting. We we had... We've set our goals. Yeah, we've set our goals and we did have a a plan to, you know, have our, I don't know if you've been keeping up with my Facebook, Amy, but we were going to purchase an RV and like rent out my house and do the whole Nashville for like three or four months and then maybe scoot over to Cali. Like we had it all planned out and, and then obviously the borders closed. So that kind of threw a kink into that, but it'll happen, it'll happen. So who are the artists that you guys are producing? It's a man named Ray Muscle. And um, we're actually, I think Danielle said, we're doing it with my dad and um, Aaron Prochette. Um, and we're all kind of working on it together. And I'm, you know, be wanting to be the, uh, know the engineering side of things. I'm kind of, you know, doing a lot of the uh, computer work, basically, and editing and stuff, so. I'm um, the brains, no. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and so, yeah, Ray Muscle, and um, we're doing a whole, um, I don't know if he wants to tell too much, but there's gonna be a, some other artists involved and his family involved, and it's gonna be 
Um, we can say like it, it's kind of like a family album. Like they're yeah. they all kind of have their own little piece. So it's really cool for us, just like artistically, to be able to, you know, have each artist, everyone's so different, and to be able to like you know mold the song for them and then at the end of it it's just going to be this wicked album of like so many different flavors and feelings yeah. and it's going to be really cool and so far we've done uh we're almost done the first single for him and um and that one was all remotely done and we're looking to get into a into a bigger studio to do like the rest of the album all together so. yeah jordan like whipped out a bass like i we've been together now for five years and i'm like since when do you play the bass and like <laughs> just like every instrument on the track pretty much is all jordan this so he's like I'm, multi-talented this is why i'm always scouring facebook marketplace looking for bases <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so you've got one of those homes where it's overrun by instruments. I know what that's like. My my yeah. house is definitely overrun for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and it sucks now because now we want to do the trailer. So we're going to have to downsize, but I yeah. want to keep the base. He's like always looking at stuff. I'm like, babe, we need to get rid of things, not keep <laughs> adding to our house. <laughs> so what will you be doing when you are uh, traveling in your RV? Are you just going to be, you know, kind of setting up camp and just working with uh, the local artists in, in Nashville and Cali? Yeah, like we really want to focus on writing because that's always been a huge passion of mine. And just we know that, you know, the artists down there and the writers down there like we have quite a I guess friend group down there too that it's it's just easier to be there and to you know be in the scene so we we don't want to be there permanently just because you know we have our family up here and stuff for right now but yeah we would be just traveling full-time and we have this whole idea of the back of the trailer being like our studio i don't know if yeah. you know like toy haulers so we're, we've been looking at some of those and just convert the whole back of the of the trailer into our like mobile studio where they would put their uh like uh quads, quads or whatever so right. so we, we've been looking to kind of have a we have a like the space we have right now is a pretty small room so like it's you know i i literally took almost everything here to Edmonton with us in a tiny box like it's so easy to just take the studio around everywhere so it would just be nice to have like a little setup and uh, a little home in a trailer that we could literally come here or go to Nashville and just park and yeah and not have to unpack everything every single time <laughs> oh yeah had, totally a lot, you need so. to be on the next episode of tiny houses <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly that would be amazing that would be super, super cool. I'm actually do like an extreme makeover or something and get someone to do it all for us. Oh, I would totally be all over seeing that. Oh, well, I'm actually, so I'm broadcasting um, from radio in my basement for the past right. few months. And I'm actually, I'm going away for a few days and I will be, I'm going to take my whole setup and be broadcasting from a trailer. So it's like, it's totally yep. doable. Like this is totally. the world we live in now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we're like, you know what? We're still young and like we have all these dreams and goals and we can't just keep sitting around. I mean, obviously, COVID's throwing a bit of a kink into the into things. Yeah. But once it's all, you know, over, I it's going to happen. And we're we're just really excited to or at least more normal. Like, yeah, I, I don't think, think normal is ever going to be the borders are the main thing right now, obviously. And uh, yeah, we're 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 still looking to do it anyways and at least get get started with it. Sweet. So you guys probably both have different 
uh, experiences with growing up in musical families or not. Danielle, I'm not totally sure on on your musical upbringing. I know Aaron is your dad, Jordan. So uh, I think there's probably two very cool stories here, and I'd like to hear them both. Cool. Do you want to go first, or should I go first? Uh, you go first. <laughs> okay, yeah, I feel like that's the thing with Jordan. It's always like everyone knows that he grew up with his dad. You know, he's was in the in the shows and all that kind of stuff. But for me, nobody in my family plays music, so I'm kind of the loner in that area. But growing up, it was like I think I was five when my mom threw me into piano lessons, and it was like. I fell in love just with music and I was a dancer growing up too. So I've always been involved in the arts. I was a band nerd in school. I, you know, was the youngest alto saxophone player in the advanced band. And I was just like, (laughs) I was just, you know, nerding out over music all the time. And I can't touch that. I got nothing on that. Yeah. Hey, I one-upped you there. (laughs) (laughs) But, and like, as far as country music goes, I honestly, my mom is that mom who was like, that is never allowed in my house like she really was just like not into country and so I didn't really have that influence growing up it was more like you know Fleetwood Mac and the Eagles and then um she loved rap so I grew up with like 50 Cent and Eminem and like all that stuff so I kind of have a whole bunch of different influences um but as far as like songwriting I think when I when I first really you know, decided that this was something I wanted to do. I actually got to job shadow an engineer back when I was 14 in Vancouver. And he's still the producer that I work with today. But I got to job shadow with Tara Oram in the studio. And I know she's not really in the scene much anymore, but she was really prevalent back then. And just like seeing everything go down in the studio and like the live musicians and how everything worked it was like okay yeah this is this is this is my life now I I quit dance actually and really just started focusing on on music and yeah that's kind of how it all happened for me yeah and she moved to Vancouver and we met pretty shortly after yeah I I did have a solo career (laughs) (laughs) yeah I did have my own thing going and then we we actually met in a song right so I had moved out to Vancouver to pursue music when I was 18 right after graduating and it was a year into me being there that we you know were flirting on Instagram and then we were I can't remember he says it was me I say it was him but he messaged me we'll just go with it was him he messaged me and he was like hey do you ever want to like get together for a song right and I was like, yeah, like, for sure. And you're also kind of cute. And so, <laughs> and so, yeah, we we met up in Abbotsford and we I don't even think the song was any good at all. But we we were preoccupied <laughs> yeah. with googly eyes. So yeah. we um, weren't very focused on the, the song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So yeah. going back to your your solo days, Danielle, um, because your release of uh, Nonetheless, it was supposed to be just you releasing that, but you decided to release it as a duo. Yeah, so I actually had that song on hold for like a year, and I was like, do I do it? Do I not do it? And then it was going to be Danielle Marie featuring Jordan Aaron, and because he was kind of starting into his own solo career after um, King and Cash. 
And then it just, I don't know, everyone was like, you guys just need to do it. Like it was me backing Jordan up at shows or him backing me up. And it was just like, we were always playing together anyways. Mm -hmm. So it really just, it made sense. And we felt like, hey, we've been together for what, like two or three years now. We live together. Like, I mean, we're going to have a good career, I think. Hopefully we're not going to break up a month from now. So we kind of just did it and it's it's been really good it's been the best thing I think too and just really getting to collaborate more together and have one vision it's it's been awesome and that's like my favorite song we've we have together so far so cool uh Jordan what's it like diving into an industry uh in which your father is a uh, tremendous figure yeah <laughs> that's uh it's it's at its up it's goods and bads I'm, I'm I think but uh yeah, I've like been into music since um, I I was about fifteen when I started my first band. Started playing guitar at eleven, and and it was really like pop punk and like uh, pop rock that kind of got me into into playing guitar and making a band. And I wasn't interested in country. It was like we both weren't. We both weren't. <laughs> and maybe it was partly because my dad's a country singer, and I didn't, you know. Didn't want to be like. Dad. I wasn't admitting that that was cool, <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, it. And I I toured with Favorite Drive out of out of high school, and we had a lot of really good years. So I was lucky with that too. Like I don't know where I'd be without getting that opportunity, um, staying in music, and then and then yeah, the King Cash. Uh, we had we had uh, that that couple tours and. That's when around when I met Danielle and um, and so yeah the I, honestly so before that uh, when I got into country I think it was Chris Buck I started playing with Chris Buck band because um, Seamus was in uh, Favor Drive as well and he played drums for Chris Buck Seamus O'Neill um, and he was one of my best friends he still is and uh, yeah we started I started playing with Chris Buck and it was a huge challenge like I didn't think it would be you know you underestimated I was, country I underestimated country and especially country guitar like it's tough it's not easy and <laughs> I you know I had that like kind of a metalhead um like idea of like oh it's it's probably easy I could play like metal so <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't and it was a big challenge and I think uh you know the musicianship was really what really yeah. got me into it first and got me hooked on it. And and then it just became fun. Like Florida Georgia Line came out and that was honestly a pretty big like they were so rock, um, that first album and Joey Moy producing them was just like huge. Like Joey Moy did Favor Drive and Nickelback, right? So he came from rock and brought this rock to them and it really got me hooked and that was a big part of it and dallas smith coming out around then and it was just really cool i thought it was really cool then and um so that's what changed everything and uh we did the king and cash thing and it's just gone from there like i have luckily you know had good opportunities to keep in it and now danielle and i have been doing our thing and i got her carrying me so you know i <laughs> it's it's great we we have a good uh thing together where we have the yin and the yang so we kind of make up for each other's <laughs> jordan's like jordan's like the calm and the steady i'm more like 
kind of the go, go, go person. Yeah. So sometimes he has to like pull me back a little bit. And sometimes I have to give him a kick in the butt. So we're, we're kind of, I, I would say that's how our relationship Pretty much works. How it works. And you, you could probably see that on stage where yeah. I'm, I'm just calm and she's He'll like, cause he gets very in his zone and I'm like, you know, I, I'm a dancer. So I'm so used to just like getting up there and like, you know, kicking the mic stand down. No, yeah. I don't do that. <laughs> I'm like all over the place and he'll just sometimes be standing there and I'll like give him the look. And I always wonder if people in the crowd know that I'm just like giving him the evil eyes. <laughs> like, come on, babe, put a little, yeah. move a little bit. <laughs> So with uh, all aspects of your career as musicians, what is the favorite part of your job? Would it be the, the writing, the performing, um, the, the collaborating? What is something that you most look forward to? Mm. I know yours. Well, what is it? Well, your dream of being on stage in front of a oh, million yeah. people. I know. <laughs> That's... I I love performing. It's it scares the shit out of me if I'm allowed to say that. Like of course. when I'm backstage, I get super nervous and like I it's very it's really important to me, but once I get up there, it's just like nothing has ever felt more right. And so for me, I think that's a big thing. But then again, like I also love that, you know, songwriting gives you the ability to just tell stories and share how you're really feeling and connect with other people. So it's hard to it's hard to pick like right now I'm definitely missing being on stage like for me too I love being on stage I love uh writing you know like that feeling of when you're writing something special and like you just know yeah and really uh a big part of it for me I think is I I love being in the studio and I love that like how Danielle said when she got to that's what got her hooked on music on being in the music industry I think for me too it was like you know, when my dad, um, when I was young, I got to go sit in with him and Tom McKillop producing and like the whole, all the great guys he has, like the bands are just wicked and just getting them th to watch them do their thing. And it's just so cool. It's like, that's where the magic happens. And yeah, I, I really love that part of it, but I do love everything, but that's probably my favorite part. That, that's such a hard question. It is a hard <laughs> question. There's so much to love about it, but yeah. I'd hope that kind of... <laughs> Absolutely. We have a segment on the show called Turn Us On, and we would like you to turn us on to something that you guys have discovered, and it could be a Netflix show, it could be an artist, it could be a book you've read, uh, maybe it's your favorite takeout. A recipe. Yeah. yeah. Anything that you love that you want to turn us on to. The oh. first thing that comes to my mind, and I don't know if you guys have seen it, this show called Queer Eye. Oh, I fell down that rabbit hole hard. <laughs> yeah. I did not think you were going to say that. That's I'm going to awesome. say it because, uh, and some people might not like it, but uh, but it's actually really good. It's um, it's really good. It's like, I, and just to give a little description of it, it's uh, five gay guys who go and basically do like an extreme makeover, but in a whole bunch of different areas of people's lives. So. It's super inspiring and emotional, and I cry on every episode. It's really good. It's <laughs> and, really, really good. And Jonathan is extra in all of the best ways. Jonathan. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Jonathan, yes, queen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, honey. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. It's a great show, and that's one thing uh, I would turn someone on to. So that's what just came to my mind. But Danielle, Oh, man, I thought one. you were going to say the Foo Fighters documentary. Foo Fighters documentary. It's so good, you guys. Oh, what is it called again? 
let me look it. He's up. gonna Google it. Okay. Keep talking if, about if you Google it, you'll find it. It's not on Netflix, so I can't even remember how we watched it. But it is like, I I I don't know. I never really listened to the Foo Fighters before. Like I always knew they were super talented and awesome, and I'm probably living under a rock, but. Wow, I've literally had them on repeat ever since because I just like gained so much respect for seeing what that man went through and like everything that he did with his career. Yeah, so. the whole story starting from Nirvana is so cool. And I think it's called uh, Back and Forth. Yes, Back cool. and Forth. So yeah, good. It's great. And that, so that got us on this whole Foo Fighters kick and oh, it hasn't stopped. Um, yeah. They're they're awesome. They're so cool, and it's gotten me on. It's gotten me back on a Nirvana, and it's just uh, yeah. I love being on these kicks. <laughs> totally. If we can turn the tables on you guys, Amy and I just watched the uh, David Foster documentary, which is now on Netflix, and it's dynamite too. So you guys should check that one out. Yeah. Oh yeah, adding it to the list. I'm always looking for music documentaries, so that's awesome and random. But if you have never had the coconut mint margarita from Earl's, I have also been turned on to that recently, and I highly recommend it. <laughs> Man, that sounds delicious. Uh, Jordan and Danielle, thank you so much for joining us on on the show for uh, this episode. That's awesome. Yeah, it was super fun. We we were looking forward to this for a while, so we appreciate it. Welcome to the show. Jordan and Danielle, thank you so much for taking the time out of your vacation to speak with us on the show. Enjoy the rest of your time in Alberta. Summer goes by too quickly. Our uh, next artist that we're featuring this week on the Emerging Artist Showcase is a three-time Juno Award nominee. He became part of the MDM Recordings team back in 2019, and his latest single is called Wouldn't Be Home, and it now has an official video, which is out, and you can check that out on his socials. Don Don Amaro. Don, I've got to ask you, you know, when you decide to uh, make music your full-time career, how do you land on that? Why music? For me, first time I thought of playing um, and doing music as a career, uh, it was actually my, my folks were, were big-time players, and, and my dad was a, uh, he's from the East Coast. So he came uh, to Winnipeg here, met my mom, and, and brought the kitchen party with him. And so I grew up with, uh, with both my parents playing and singing in the kitchen every week, and and they had this dream of, of going out and becoming musicians themselves, and I think I, I saw that passion in them. And um, you know, they had kids pretty young, like like quite young actually. They were they weren't even twenty when they had my brother, and uh, and then I came along not too long after that. But so, you know, they they set their dreams aside and kind of never did pursue them again. But uh, I think watching them and their passion for music really lit a fire in me. And uh, I think as a young kid, it was always sort of something inside me that 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 wanted and longed to be a performer and, and uh, making music my thing. Why country music? That's another thing. I think my folks sort of raised me on country music. I mean, not just country music, but it was sort of a, a, in the mix for sure. Um, you know, for me, definitely Garth Brooks in, in Alabama and, uh, you know, Patsy Cline and Kenny Rogers. It was all, all part of the fabric of the music I grew up on. And, um, yeah, so for me, country music is it's kind of in my veins. And uh, it's, I, I love all kinds of, you know, on top of all that, there was like, I remember Lionel Richie. I remember Elton John being part of the mix. And so there's a whole bunch of influences in there for me. But I, I think country music for me that I, I love it so much because of the storytelling aspect, you know. And um, I, I kind of started off in music as kind of a folk and roots guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but, I, but I think there's a real close connection between folk and roots and country that they're they're 
they're so similar in terms of storytelling in, in their songs and uh, in, the, in the, the writing that I, I, I just, I love that. I love being able to take people on a journey in, a, in three and a half minutes, you know, if you can get three and a half minutes. What is your approach to songwriting? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I, I don't, I don't, there's no hard rules for me. I think, you know, sort of inspiration strikes whenever it does and you sort of just kind of ride it wherever it happens. And, you know, oftentimes these days it's sort of like me driving around and got my iPhone handy. So I hit the, hit the, um, the record memo thing and then I, I just sort of make notes that way. And that's kind of how a lot of songs are starting for me these days. But, uh, I do a lot of writing on my own. I do a lot of, I really love co-writing because then it kind of gets you out of your head and, um, I think I've really come to appreciate that a lot more in the last couple of years. So you were mentioning that you really love co-writing. What exactly is the favorite part of your job? Would it be the songwriting, the recording, the performing? For me, like my, my favorite part is, I wouldn't say it's songwriting. I love songwriting. I think it, you know, it opens up an element of um, you know, your creativity that, that you don't always get to tap into. Um, you know, I'm a dad of three kids, so I don't always get the chance to create. And But I, to be honest, I mean, the highlight for me is, is definitely playing for a crowd, which I haven't done in quite a while these days. But uh, but playing for a crowd and, and being able to share your music that way and, and get that sort of that, that response back and kind of just seeing how the stories that affect you in your life are also the stories that can affect somebody else on the other side. And I love that. There's this sort of like, I can't even think of the word, but there's this there's this magical thing that happens when you are singing to an audience of folks that are kind of like there's there's a resonating thing in the stories and the songs that you're playing and and sharing and uh, yeah, I, there's no other word that I can think of right now other than that there's something magical in that. What makes a great song for you, Don? I think a great song uh, is really about authenticity. It's about being real, and I think those are the ones that you can really feel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, off the top of my head, I, I'm just trying to think right now. I just heard a, a, a song that that kind of just floored me. It's such a great song, um, "Half of My Hometown" by Kelsey Ballerini. Man, is that ever a good song? And you feel it. You feel like like there's something in that that. that in her voice where she hits these certain points where you feel like you're in the same room as her and, and you feel the song. Another one that I think wrecked me a couple of years ago was Chris Stapleton's Whiskey and You. Oh, um, yes. You know, like it's, it, there's, there's just something so raw and real in that um, that I think really, um, you just can't deny it as a listener going that this person, I, I feel it. I feel, I feel that pain. You know, I may not always understand the full story, but I can feel the pain because you're, you're bringing us all in. And that's what a re- I think a really good song can do. Don, tell us a bit about what you might think is your proudest achievement in your career so far. Now, I've been at this for 14 years full time, so I'm, I'm I'm not new, uh, but I've been I've been you know I'm lucky enough to sort of like evolve over the last couple of years. And like I said, I started off kind of folk and roots kind of singer songwriter guy, and emerged in the last couple of years more into the country uh, you know country guy, and uh, and that's felt like again like a natural evolution for me. But there's been a lot of highs you know along the way, and and. Uh, you know, I, I always I like sharing this one because of the very first award I ever won. It was in 2009 at the Canadian Folk Music Awards, and I was up for Indigenous Songwriter of the Year alongside the legendary Buffy St. Marie. Wow. And I thought, there's there's no way I'm going to win this because, you know, Buffy's in it. And, and uh, sure enough, they called my name, and I thought, holy smoke, this is crazy. How, how, how did I win this thing? And I called my mom as I was running up on stage, and <laughs> it was a, it was a pretty cool moment for me. So that was that. That's definitely it was the first award I won. So that one holds a special place in my heart. The other side of this, and I, I you know, this is, maybe sounds like a bit of a cheesy answer, but it's the real one for me. Is I always see music as medicine, and and I think that it you know, it, first of all, is something that has helped me through tough days. 
And I love that, again, singing in front of an audience where you get to see how it's affecting other people. The most beautiful highlight in my career has been when people wrote me a letter or an uh, email saying, this song affected me in this way and it got me through this thing. And I've had a note that happened a number of times in my life. And to be honest, that's what it's all about. And that's mm-hmm. the thing that I, that, that drives me to continue on. And whenever I felt that, that the need to throw in the towel or, you know, kind of just quit, I just remember those stories. And I think, wait a second, you know, people need this as much as I do. So I'm going to keep, keep pressing on. So even though we have you on the emerging artist episode, you're not new to being a professional musician. What advice do you have for new artists who are wanting to do this for a living? I'll share the one that I feel like is the most unique to me. My mantra for, you know, the last decade has been that nobody owes me anything. You know, like if there's a debt to be paid, that might, they might owe me that. But I, I, you know, for the most part, I feel like I just live this life as, as a guy who sees everything as a gift. And, 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 and I think that's made the journey that much sweeter because if you live in this, I'll speak to music because that's what I do. But if you, if you walk in this career thinking, I need, you know, people need to be serving me in this way and I need to get that thing. And if I don't get that, then I'm failing and it's not successful. Then it's going to be a long, hard slog because it's, there's a lot more, no, you get a lot more no's than you get yeses. Mm-hmm. But if you live in, with the idea of um, nobody owes me anything, then you can take the no's a little bit easier. And when the yeses come, you can see them as gifts. And uh, that's definitely been able I, I think one of the big reasons why i've been able to stay the course and, and, and not again like i said before throwing the towel can you tell us a little bit about your experience as an indigenous artist you know some people ask me like how i've been able to kind of keep my um you know my indigenous journey or indigeneity i guess you could say in, in, in perspective and all of this and my honest answer was you know i i didn't grow up with a lot of connection to my indigenous roots but as i evolved into music as my career so did my connection to the indigenous community. And so for me, they've grown hand in hand. And, you know, I, I also came, have been coming up in a, in a season where this whole country is in conversation with, you know, reconciliation and understanding how we can continue to build bridges between all peoples. And, and I love that, that I've sort of been part of that movement. And, and I think I've, I've benefited greatly because of that, because people are, you know, the hearts are softening and, and, and people are, 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 are wanting to find ways to walk together more in life. And, uh, and I've definitely felt the, um, the, the presence of that. And it's been, it's actually been, been quite incredible. And, and the Indigenous community has been incredibly supportive to me that I think without that support, I, I, don't, I don't think I could have been able to, to keep going the way that I have because, you know, or at least not have been able to make it a full-time job the way it has been. Are your kids musical as well? My son thinks he is. <laughs> um, I, I no, I, sh- I should be careful because he might hear me. So, yeah, they 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 love music. Um, my son, he's uh, my, so my boy. My boy is eight. His name's Oscar. I got a little girl who's uh, Stella, named, and she's four. And then I got another son who's uh, he's one. His name's Elliot. And uh, so Oscar loves music. Uh, I think he's got more movement in him than he does with with musical stuff. But uh, you know, I mean, time will tell. I mean, I, I'm, I definitely there's no pressure for me to kind of put that on him. However, my daughter, she blows my mind every day because she is creating musicals. She does dance parties and she creates like she's constantly writing songs, which, you know, it's crazy to me to hear her. create. And she, she does things in cadence. She does things in rhyme. And, and I'm just like, who is this? Like, wow. you, you, know, you, you know, those you know, those shows where you watch like a kid who like 
uh, you know, like like the Britney Spears thing or whatever, where, you know, when they were younger, they would, mm-hmm. and I, I'm not comparing my daughter to Britney Spears, but <laughs> but the idea that, that when they were four years old, they were already yeah. performing and already, like, had this flair while she's got it. And I'm just like, this is crazy, like, to see this happening in my kid. And, and you know, we want to foster that as much as we can, but we also don't want to put the pressure on any of them to, like, mm-hmm. have to follow in, in, mm-hmm. in Papa's footsteps. But um, at the same time, if they wanted to, I, I feel like I could help steer them in a, in a good direction. So. And who knows, right. because maybe Elliot will follow in, uh, in Stella and Oscar's footsteps, seeing all of that music around him, right? I, I look very forward to being their roadie someday. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, Don, we have a, uh, a segment on the show that we like to call Would You Rather? And they're ridiculous questions, and there's no right or wrong answer, and you're going to you're gonna leave shaking your head, but we'd like to ask you these. So uh, I'll start off. Would you okay. rather know exactly what happened at Area 51 or win a million dollars? Oh, million dollars. I couldn't care less about Area 51. Of 100% <laughs> with you on that one. <laughs> Would you rather have anything you write become truth or know all the truths there are to know? Know all the truths that there are to know. I think know all the truths that there are to know, to be honest. So your wisdom over power, huh? <laughs> I think uh, yeah, maybe, maybe that maybe that jives well. Maybe that's why I got all this gray hair happening already. So. Isn't <laughs> isn't wisdom power though, Scotty? Touche. Yeah. This one I'm I'm embarrassed to read, but uh, I'm gonna do it anyways. Bring it. <laughs> Would you rather smell like farts all of the time or be sprayed by a skunk routinely once a month? My my family might say I smell like farts all the time already. Ah, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, well, everyone likes their own brand, don't they? So I would, <laughs> I would way rather smell my own stink than a skunk. I suppose. I love wow. it. That's a great wow. answer. <laughs> Would you rather spend a year alone in a deep sea submarine or a year alone on the International Space Station? Oh, oh space space station for sure. Really? I feel like in, in the yeah, I think in the deep sea, I feel like I would be like like you've got thousands and thousands of tons of pressure on you and I think it's also pretty dark down there. Yeah. But I, I would rather go up in space and look down at Earth and just see the beauty of up there. And I, I feel like the chances of the average person getting to the deep sea thing, I think that's more possible. I think there's a lot more rare chance of actually being up in space and hanging out up there. So I would choose space. If you have an extra seat on your shuttle, I'll go any day. I did recently befriend uh, Richard Branson on uh, on uh, Instagram. I mean, he doesn't know we're friends, but I, I, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> Look at I you, a little astronauts. <laughs> <laughs> Don, thank you so much for speaking with us. That was a lot of fun. Oh, no pleasure, you guys. I uh, I don't get enough fart questions, so that was great. <laughs> show! Two very cool artists, hey? Absolutely. Uh, thank you so much to Don Amaro and Cross Parallel for taking the time to come on the show. Yeah, it's super cool, I think, to shed some light on some of these guys who are going to be the stars of tomorrow. Absolutely. So thanks again, guys. Season three of the show is dressed in unison blue for the Unison Benevolent Fund. Unison exists to support people in the Canadian music industry in times of crisis. And since COVID, requests for support have skyrocketed. So they do need support. And if you'd like to make a donation to Unison Benevolent Fund, you can do that right on your cell phone. Text the word Unison to 45678. 
Socials, let's talk about it. Yeah, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You know where to find us. We're at the show on the go. We are well into season three now. Thank you for your listenership. We just so appreciate you tuning in week after week. And uh, if you want to shoot us a message, please do that. We are at the show on the go on all of those platforms. He's Scotty Kipper. She's Amy Oust. Welcome to the show.